This is Iron Mike Stedman. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, The Legendary Dog Whistle Branding. I get hit up by countless veterans seeking advice on marketing and branding as they pursue their own entrepreneurial journeys. Some take my advice and run with it. Others, not so much. All I can do is try to point them in the right direction. Today's guest, Dominique Wright, took that advice and ran with it after she reached out to me over two years ago in order to discuss her idea for an app serving collegiate athletes. With the change in policy allowing college athletes to earn income based on their name, image, and likeness, commonly referred to as NIL, Dominique saw an opportunity to bring technology to the space. A few months later, she officially launched FAND, NIL operations software that automates communication, streamlines notifications, and provides 24-7 athlete support. Dominique is a former collegiate athlete and naval officer who holds a law degree from American University's Washington College of Law. She spent time working at the NFL Players Association and the National Football League, working on contracts and other legal affairs. FAND is a Hivers and Strivers portfolio company, which only invests in military veterans. And on the show, Dominique and I discuss the origins of FAND, the challenges of bringing tech to the sports and entertainment industry, and what category her product falls in. Before we jump into the show, make sure you download my free step-by-step guide to attracting your perfect customer, as well as subscribe to our newsletter. You can do both at the link in the show notes. Also, if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out my first book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur. Violate your business model, build your brand, and step into greatness. Available on Amazon at the link in the show notes as well. All right, enough of me talking. Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and Mission Plus, where together we're building the next generation of confident, resilient, and badass entrepreneurs and brands to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of Dog Whistle Branding and founder of Ironbound Media. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Dominique, shipmate, welcome (laughs) to Dog Whistle Branding. What's going on? Oh, Mike, thanks for having me. Uh, it's like a dream come true, getting on Dog Whistle Branding. I put Dominique on the spot, y'all, because we're always going back and forth about coming on the podcast. And I was telling her, you know what? I just need to reach out to her today and see if she's available because I get overwhelmed with scheduling at times. Because you know how you wake up for a week and you're like, I literally have no time. You just kind of look at your schedule. And when I come across a really dope brand like Dom and Fam, I want to get them on the podcast, but also don't want it to be two to three months down the road. So I said, screw it. Can you get on the podcast today? She obliged, and I'm happy to have her on finally because she's doing some awesome stuff with what's going on in the NIL and leveraging AI and technology, just a lot of really exciting stuff. So, Dom, please do me a favor and go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Yeah. All right. Well, I am Mike's calling me Dom. My name is Dominique Wright. I am the CEO and founder of FAND, and I'm excited to be here today. And what exactly is FAND? Oh, man. FAND is greatness. I'm just kidding. FAND is a NIL operation software. And for many people, many people are like, what is NIL? NIL is name, image, likeness. And why why are we building a software now? And really, college athletes are now, since July 2021, college athletes, a law was passed to allow those guys to monetize themselves. And so what you're seeing is a lot of different businesses and companies have started businesses in the in this space so that athletes can monetize themselves and have resources. And brands want to work with athletes and do deals with them. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of different marketplaces and different businesses that are coming about to facilitate those deals that are going on between brands and athletes. Uh, rather, they call them activations or campaigns or marketing initiatives, um, something in that realm is essentially what's happening. And you're seeing a lot of businesses come about because there's a lot of athletes out there. There's a lot of opportunities, a lot of money to go around. 
and everyone's kind of chomping at the bit. So for us, we built this software because we, for me, my background, other than being in the Navy, I worked at the NFL and I had a really cool opportunity to be on the business and legal affairs team at the NFL. So what that really means is I got to see firsthand what a high manual, high touch process looks like. The contract gets to me. I send it off to finance. This is whole train line of things that happens in order to get deals done and complete them. Marketing initiatives with athletes. And so when NIL, when these college athletes were allowed to monetize themselves, essentially what I saw was a lot of companies racing to the space, building, you know, cool, unique solutions for brands to work with athletes. But I noticed that almost all of them were still using this high touch, high manual process that I saw firsthand working at the NFL. So for us, when you say NIL software, I mean, NIL operations software, essentially what we're doing is we're taking away a lot of those manual high touch processes. We're removing those, inserting software. And what does that really mean? It just means now a brand can pretty much close deals in their sleep. They can effortlessly, effortlessly manage and execute uh, marketing initiative, activations, campaigns, things like that with college athletes and not always have to have a human present to get that deal, like to get that deal done, essentially. So a couple of things that pop into my mind is we always talk about product market fit, but it's also important to understand founder product fit. And when I think of Dom, Dominique, I apologize. I, became, I keep saying Dom in shorthand. Oh, it's all like, good. Who is Mike? But you are it, right? Because y'all miss what she said. She said she worked at the NFL doing contracts. Dom went to law school. She's a naval officer, a former naval officer. So she's a veteran. Okay, so she really understands the space and she's a former college athlete. So mm. when you think about who is the perfect person to address this issue, right, you check all those boxes. And what y'all don't know about her, too, is she's been fighting the fight for a minute. So she hit me up probably a year and a half ago and was coming at like 100 miles an hour, you know, transition out of the Navy, had this really great idea for an app to support L athletes, was kind of just getting started on her journey. We were chopping up back and forth. We talked about category, branding, just some kind of wave top things. And what she actually had to do was first she had to go out and get investors, right? And that's a hard knuckle drag, knuckle drawn out kind of battle, which she's done. Um, she's a Hivers and Strivers portfolio company. And so she's been out there getting after it. And now in addition to raising capital, she's also looking to onboard customers and continue to validate that business model. So you bring a lot of experience just within the last, what, year and a half? So take us back. What was it like to sell this vision to investors? Okay, first of all, thank you for all of that. You know, it was tough. It was very challenging because, and I, I still feel like in a lot of my calls, I, where I sit, I feel like I, I'm not saying that other companies aren't trying to innovate in this space. I think everybody is trying to put their own flair on what they believe is the best way to help these young adults monetize themselves, right? But for me, the more and more I listened to brands and the more and more I, I just looked at the process that I was a part of, that I went through every day, I was like, man, the pros, like, it's the NFL. Like, it's, it's very sweet. It moves like a machine. But the reality is, is it was... It was a pretty high touch process. And for me, I've, I have been very focused on how do we fix that, like essentially at the pro level, but bring it down and start at the college level. Does that make sense? And it so the reason, the reason why that's such a big deal is because like I'm trying to sell something that no one else can see because I saw the broken, the brokenness at the pro level. And I'm trying to explain like, no, no, no. The, Let's build a software to make this easier. You can scale. You can have more NIL capabilities. Like I was going down this, these rabbit holes trying to explain what this was and trying to figure out what category it sits in was pain. It was very hard for me. So I did a lot of comparing to like sales, like the sale, like what Salesforce is to customer relationship management, like what they built. I mean, most people in business understand that they automate it and they make the salespeople's lives 10 times easier, right? So I use a lot of those type of analogies at first, I know, comparisons at first, in order to get uh, hivers and strivers to buy in. And then, yeah, it was that. It was like the product, like 
here I am. I went to law school. I worked at the NFL. I was a college athlete. One thing that you left out is I was work. I was working with college athletes on the side while I was at the NFL. So I was like very, I could intimately see what they were going through as well. And so there was a, there was a level of like using comparisons. There was a level of having my background, but then there was a level of just walking in that room, knowing my stuff, making eye contact, speaking confidently, and just showing these guys that like, I'm going to do what it takes to figure this out. Like granted, it wasn't like completely Spanish and didn't make any sense, but I gave them enough confidence in me. Like I built enough around me and explained that I understood what I was doing and what I was driving towards and how passionate I was about it. That, I mean, those guys were just like, all right, we might be taking a risk here, but we like you and we like your idea and we like all the energy and efforts that you put in so far by yourself. So they were just like, all right, we're, we're willing to put capital behind you. So it was, it was definitely very challenging, but the combination of who I am, my background, and how I approached that conversation. About the time I got to Hivers and Strivers, I have been said no to so many times. And these guys are veterans. They understood like the fight that I've been in, right? All the things that I've done to get to this point. And then they saw that I was speaking, arti- I was articulating myself and they understood like, all right, she has a vision. We may not completely understand it, but she has, she has all the pieces. So we're going to back her. And it, it was pretty it wasn't easy, but it was it was amazing once it all was said and done. So one thing I've learned this year is as much as we're selling our ventures, we're also selling ourselves. And when you got your investment from Hivers and Strivers, it made complete sense to me when I looked at your background and everything you had done up to that point. Like I can connect the dots to it and see like this makes perfect sense because one thing I know about them, they back veterans, right? Mm-hmm. They plant that flag in the ground. That's only who they invest in. And like I said before, you're the one to solve this issue. And even in my own personal life, I've had, you know, I got a grant from UFC this year, Dick Sporting Goods, mm-hmm. the Fund for New Leadership. And when I think about the difference between what I was doing two to three years ago versus now, I'm not big on personal branding by any means, but you got to be able to step up with conviction mm-hmm. and say, this is who I am. This is what I believe. You know, the back, let the background speak for itself. And I do think that conveys a certain level of confidence whether it's investors, donors, you know, and even potential customers. So you fought that fought, right, to get the initial investment. But now we got to shift our focus and get to market, start onboarding users, et cetera. Yeah. Now, one of the things I was actually even thinking about for your conversation with Hivers and Strivers was, as far as I'm, con- as far as I'm aware, sports and entertainment, which potentially fan could fall in for them, it's kind of outside their comfort zone a little bit because <laughs> when you think about a lot of these venture funds, what are they investing in? You know, obviously SaaS, but then you think about whether it's project management or mm-hmm. fintech or some of these other things. Sports and entertainment is like, that ain't really our wheelhouse. We don't have a lot of experience in it, but they took a chance on you. But now as you're going to customers, right, what does that landscape look like in terms of people adopting technology for you know, what they've traditionally done, you know, with white papers and duct tape and bubble gum. Yeah. Well, not to be confused with, with our software, because our software is removing friction. And that is a, a theme of ours. Like, what are we really doing? We're simplifying things and moving friction out of the process to work, to work with athletes. So use software, not humans, that removes a lot of friction, right? So not to confuse that friction, but Essentially, I feel like there was there's a lot of friction coming into a lot of these conversations because people really believe that the only like you need a human, a human is the way to do these things. And and when I say do these things, let me be more direct. A human is what you need in order to make a deal, to do a deal with a college athlete. You need a human to do that. You need a human to reach out and say, hey, are you interested? You need a human to reach back out and say, hey, can you get on a call? And then a human to reach back out and say, hey, would you do it for how much? For this much money, and then a human, it, it it's very. You're, I'm being annoying for a reason because there's there's a body that has to do that with every college athlete, right? And so there's friction to accept something new because when you think about relationships in the sports and entertainment world, it's all humans. You get your team, I get my team. We'll meet at a table. We'll talk about it. You get on a call, I'll get on a call with my team. We'll talk about it. Nobody's talking about automating and software. Like that's not, that's not. So when you come in with that type of concept and that idea, 
you have to know what you're talking about and you have to be very intimate with the process. And that's where I've been very lucky because no one's going to, I've been a part of the train line. So I know that some of these things can be automated. Now, if you're saying, I need to get a kid to a, a photo shoot. Okay, yeah, automating a ride there. That's a, I mean, Uber is probably the closest thing you're going to get to that. But like, the point is the communications, that, that aspect, that all that friction that goes on when you're trying to work with a young college athlete who is spending 50 to 40, 40 to 50 hours a week on a field or in a classroom. It just doesn't leave a ton of time for business, right? So if your process to get their attention is emailing and calling and Zoom calls and like pinging them, it's just not going to be very efficient, right? And so to me, re-explaining like the problem that I'm seeing, getting back to what you're saying, it's like, I am just seeing getting in a lot of these conversations, people are just very, they're like, whoa, this is, this makes a lot of sense, but they're very apprehensive to to actually take on something that's a little bit different. Does that make sense? It Um, does. And so that is where I've, where I say friction, I'm hitting a little bit of friction because people are like, wait, but there is also when you need to get the guy to the photo shoot, like that's probably the example in all my calls. And I'm like, how many photo shoots are you companies doing? Like you're talking about the one photo shoot you have, like the four you have in one year, like you're giving, but again, it's uncomfortable for them. They have, they have humans in these places. And the reality is, is like, if you take the humans out, you put the software in, what does that mean? Do you allocate those bodies in that manual labor somewhere else? Does that mean you downsize? Like, I'm not sure. And I have to imagine when you talk SaaS, like software enterprise, that's what FAND is. Like we're in, we're in sports and entertainment. So people in sports and entertainment aren't thinking of SaaS the same exact way as like someone in sales. Like someone in sales is like, give me the SaaS right now. Like make my life easy. People in sports entertainment are like, so you need, so, so the software is going to talk to the athlete. Like it's, it's like a, yeah, just the the same way software talks to you and almost everything that you buy. Like it's the, it's the same concept, but it's just like, I'm hitting that initial friction. Like people, I don't want to say people don't like change. Like I don't want to make that overall generalization. I'm just hitting friction, but the pain's there and the brands that see the pain, like I, I have, I spend a lot of time on calls with those guys trying to figure out their processes and where our software can plug and play for them. So to me, it's, it'll happen. It's just with, it's just with time. It's a, it's a little bit of a change. Cause like I said, everything in sports is building relationships with humans. And when you bring in software, that's challenging to some folks, but the reality is, is it can actually amplify your engagements. It can actually make your, it can literally make everything better. Rather it's the communication with the athletes that you're having, rather it's the workflow. It's like software can, the way that we see it is software is adding bandwidth to anybody that uses, like, excuse me, fan adds bandwidth to any of these brands or agencies that are using it. It's not there to necessarily say you don't need a human. It's just saying like, hey, your human can be doing other things, like other revenue generating things, other strategic things. And this software can be knocking out all your comps, knocking out all your athlete relationships and doing all the little nitty gritty annoying stuff that you don't want to be spending hours laboring over, right? Like I'm a... Brands want to sell their product at the end of the day. They don't want to handhold uh, young athletes through deals. And that, that, that fact holds through through every brand that I've spoken to. Well, let's be honest. That is the Wild West right now. So, and there's a lot of people involved in the process, right? You've got the coaches. You've got the NCAA, right? Yeah. You've got the universities, right? Yeah. People got deals coming every which way. How are people keeping track of them? How are they managing them? You mm-hmm. know? Unless you talk to someone, it's like, who's, who's keeping all this stuff, you know, managed correctly, essentially. No, I mean, and here's the thing. You go back to the pro level, like, again, working with athletes is not new to anybody, right? It's working with 100x the amount of athletes and those, those specific athletes not having time, resources, and experience. That's what's amplifying this, this, this monetization of college athletes, right? Because Brands, they've been working with athletes, like they know how to work with athletes, but typically they work with their team, their resources, somebody that has time, right? Now it's like, oh, wow, there's way more athletes, way less experience, way less time. How do we do this? Let's just say the Excel sheet is not going to work. So the stuff that you're talking about, it's like, yeah, I mean, they probably Excel sheets. That's how we're managing it at the pro level, I mean, not trying to call out every process, but to some extent, like I have an Excel sheet. I think every worker at the NFL probably has an Excel sheet somewhere on top of whatever software that we're, you know, using 
for our internal database and whatnot. But the reality is, is NIL, monetization of college athletes is pushing that issue. And to me, I feel like I'm looking at it through the lens of someone who worked at the pro level because I want my software to be able to grow, right? I don't want it to just stay at the collegiate level. And to me, it's like, you, these guys are pushing the issue. Because if you think you're going to do these little manual emails, calls with, with the 19-year-old out of Auburn, it's not going to happen. Like, you might get a few deals done that way, but you're never going to be able to scale and move efficiently that way. So if y'all are unaware, I don't know if I brought this up on this platform, but I lived at St. Benedict's Prep for about three years in a giant residence hall of 70 teenage boys. St. Benedict's Prep has one of the best basketball programs in the country. J.R. Smith went there. I mean, all, a lot of their players end up going D1 and eventually play in the league. And everything with them is super manual, you know? Getting them to get stuff done, you got to sit there. You got to look over their shoulder. You got to make them do it, right? And so I can see where people are like, okay, how is this technology going to be implemented? But then I think about adjacent spaces, like the influencer space. When brands were trying to partner with influencers back in the day, how do you manage that? I'm just asking you of where have you seen other use cases similar to what you're talking about with fans? Mm. Well, I think Salesforce is probably the biggest if you if you want to if, if we're allowed to go into that industry because well, I don't even want to just use Salesforce. I mean, Salesforce is just a bigger brand that most people know about, but the C the customer relationship management tool, that software that sales people use that right. automates like their like hey, you need to reach out to Mike. He bought last month. You wanted to get him to buy in three more months, whatever it may be, like that type of data, that type of automation, like that's helping those guys sell those products. Right. To me, that is like the, like if I, if I could say, and everyone would understand, like FAND is like the sales force for sports marketing. Tap, tap, tap. I would say that all the time. Right. The, the, the unfortunate <laughs> part is most people in sports that I've met, they're like, yeah, never heard of the CRM thing. Like, yeah. and again, it's maybe they have, but they, it's not, it's not ringing. It's, it doesn't stand out in their mind. So if I had to compare it to anything in the, in, in the sales world, they, they have it down to a science. It's all automated, right? You have different types. So Salesforce, like I said, is one of the more popular ones, but there's plenty of different CRMs out there that people use. For us, at, at the base, if everybody understands what a CRM is, we are a CRM. The reason why we set ourselves apart from everybody else is because we've, we've listened to the stakeholders in the space, aka, I mean, one of them being the athletes and the brands. So we've built our software so that brands can sit at a desktop, use the application, and, the, and message and communicate with these athletes. And the athlete doesn't have to get on an application, doesn't have to download an app, doesn't have to download a marketplace. The athlete can just simply respond via text message. So our software integrates from the desktop to, an, to a text message. So now you have brands working and operating where they're most efficient. And you have athletes who are constantly on the go, constantly doing things that can just be like, oh, okay, I'm interested. Yep. Let's, let's, let's get this text conversation out the way. All right, cool. This is what you need me to do. Boom. And because we've automated everything, whenever the brand isn't like, I don't know, some, when I was an athlete, I was always up late like finishing stuff, fixing stuff, getting ready for the next day, whatever it is. So when an athlete's doing something at 10 p.m. and the brand manager or the brand is at home, they don't have to worry about a human being present because the whole thing is automated. So that athlete can work. This brand can show up for that athlete at all hours of the day. So for us, it's like, yeah, we can, we're comparable to the CRMs, like the Salesforce's and things like that. But where I think we... Yeah, what we bring the most goodness is actually just listening to the stakeholders like, hold on, what makes the most sense here? Like athletes don't have a ton of time, so let's not build an app that they have to get on. Let's not build a marketplace that they have to get on. Let's just build something that, again, is just frictionless for them and has no barriers. So now you just hop on your text, text back, you're good. So back to your original question, I would say CRM is probably the closest thing to compare it to. I think in the space. Um, you have you have other NIL software that's out there, and then you have uh, marketplaces. I think marketplaces do a good job of um, facilitating the deal that's happening. As in, I'm a brand. I want to work with this college athlete um, at the Naval Academy. I go on. I, I find Dom. We start talking. Dom goes out and does what I need her to do, and then I pay her on this platform. I think that's a level of software, right? Like that's that's 
these these marketplaces are definitely software as well. We're just taking it to a different level because we're saying, once you know who that athlete is, we do all the comms for you. There is no back and forth. Like you take that whole responsibility and you shift it over to our software and our software now communicates and does everything for you. Again, if that's what you would like it to do. I mean, you can be manual as well, yeah. but that's no fun. One of the reasons I had to hit the siren on Dom, y'all, is because it's a subtle thing that most of us don't realize. But when we say we're like the Uber for X or we're the Salesforce for X, naturally our mind just makes us think about that brand. Yeah. Right. However, what I will say is you can niche down. So you can say, hey, we are a CRM for NIL athletes. And then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, tell me more. But you brought up a good point. See, you know your culture, i.e. the sports industry. And CRM, that doesn't resonate the same with them like it does in fintech or or the financial sector, et cetera. So part of what we have to do as strategists is think about what's the language of our space? You know, because if I walk in Newark, New Jersey, and I start talking about CRMs and all this other stuff, most people are going to look at me like I'm crazy. But I'm just going to be like, yo, how do you keep track of your customers? Yeah. That's a different conversation, right? No, totally. but that's why I think sports is primed for disruption. We just have to make sure we understand, like, hey, why has it been so hesitant to adopt, right? Yeah. Who have yeah. been the, the people that have come before us and failed and why? And how can we do things different? Yeah. And it's funny you say that because, like, the, the Salesforce comparison and whatnot. But if you understand, even if you take away, like, I had to really get away from using that because again, people would be like, oh, CRM. Now they're trying to figure out what is a CRM and like, what type of CRM are you? But if you take out it, CRM is customer relationship management tool, right? Fand, I say we're NIL operations software, but like our actual system is called an athlete relationship management software. So it actually is just an ARM. So you're just removing that C and putting in the A. But that's not a term in this space. Like, what's athlete relationship management? Those are departments. They're, they're, they're full of humans doing stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not, it's not a software. So that is, that is where, again, maybe it's not friction. It's just, it's change and getting people to slowly adopt that. Like I said, I think it will happen. It's just in the beginning stages. It's, it's just been very like, wow, this is different. And people are still trying to process it. But brands that know their pain point brands that understand that they're undermanned and they want to really capitalize on all their opportunities in NIL. Like those are the brands that, that we're talking to and, and, are, and aren't scared to be like, all right, let's go. Other brands that are just like a little slow to change. Like the, the, I think they'll come because again, how right now, how's everybody managing athletes? Yeah. It's with a lot of people and Excel sheets and maybe like a HubSpot every year and there, or like some other software, but like it's wildly manual. And I can say that because I've, I've been talking to brands for a year and a half. I don't think there's anything wrong with ARM. I would want to look some more, but that sounds to me like your category. But this Mm -hmm. is a good teachable moment for our listeners because I say this over and over again. I am very passionate about category design, right? You know, Christopher Lockhead, Category Pirates, he's my mentor, and I try to do my best to educate y'all on this platform about it. But there is a trap with it of when you're first coming out with the product and you're introducing this new category, it's going to go over a lot of people's heads. Because they're not living and breathing it like you are. So my encouragement to you is to emphasize the functional benefit of what it is you do. You know? So you air war and ground war, like I always say. The air war is educating people about this new category, why it exists, your point of view, et cetera. But your ground war is, hey, we need sales now. And when I'm on with that economic buyer that's going to cut this check, I need to make it plain for him. Mm -hmm. You know? We streamline your NIL management process through mm-hmm. AI software or something along those mm-hmm. lines, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you do that. And then at the more and more you start talking to people, you find out what's resonating. And slowly you continue to introduce that, that new category. So I feel like, and all of us have category work to do, right? Oh, sure. I'm even building out my category with uh, Ironbound Media and Flawless Acceleration, et cetera. But that's what we got to do is we got to build our categories. We have to evangelize them with a point of view. But at the same time, how do we convey it in the simplest term terms to our perfect customers? Yeah. And I, I would say if someone asked me, like, what's been the most challenging thing? Like, yeah, I feel like everything about being an entrepreneur, it like begins with pain, honestly. But if I had to say it has been figuring out where we align, because 
so many people, you're like, oh, this is the two-liner we're going to use. And then people are like, oh, so you're a marketplace. And it's like, okay, that's, that was not the result that we wanted. All right, we're going to use this two-liner. Oh, or this one-liner, excuse me. Oh, oh, so you guys are the middleman. Like you do the deal for them. And it's like, nope, that's not quite. So just, just, I mean, it's been months trying to figure this out. And I, and I think your feedback is spot on. Like it's, it's only like, it is the work that we have to continue to do because one, the industry, we're in year three. Like I'll say that again, we're in year three, right? So when I say we're NIL operation software, it's like, oh, well, that, that's not that crazy. Like, a few years ago, NIL didn't exist. So now with NIL, there's NIL operations. That's not that shocking. There's a front end and there's a back end. All right, we're on your back end. We're helping you scale your operations. So there's a, through this process, it's just been a lot of learning because we're like, well, we're not a marketplace. We know what we're not. So when we get confused with other people, it's like, all right, so what exactly, what exactly are we building? And so ARM, Athlete Relationship Management, was actually an acronym that I had from the beginning but it wasn't really landing. Like it's just like, oh, that's like, after I explained the entire software and what it does, it's like, hey, I help brands effortlessly execute and manage campaigns with athletes. You do not have to be on the same timeline as your athlete to get a deal done. You can cut deals in your sleep. Like once I explained that, and then then it's like, yeah, and you can manage all your athletes, athlete relationship management tool. People are like, oh yeah, I get it. But like just leading with athlete relationship management, it doesn't land for folks because- it doesn't exist. It only exists in like, again, departments or like teams, the athlete relationship management team. Like no one understands it as like a software, right? So just kind of amplifying your point, like it's, 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 or like honing in on your point. It's, it, it's true. Like just for me, the most pain that I have, that has happened through this process is trying to not just explain my product, but trying to get it in the right category so that when I'm talking to the, like my customers, they understand like, no, 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 it's actually solving your pain point. Maybe I'm just not explaining it the best way. Or like maybe the buzzwords aren't there, right? And that learning that has been pretty painful, but we're getting closer to it. And yeah. All right, I'm gonna get Dom some homework, y'all. I keep sending her books and she gets mad at me. She's like, how do you find all this time to read? Well, I've been shamming. That's why I haven't dropped as many podcasts. I haven't been reading nearly as much. But there's a book by Bruce Cleveland called Traversing the Traction Gap. And he talks about this very thing of how do you actually build out that category? Um, because it sounds to me like based off what you said of we have to do a better job of you positioning yourself instead of letting uh, potential prospects position you. Yeah, so when they say things sure. like, oh, you're like a marketplace mm-hmm. or to me, that comes back as, hey, we haven't uh, been as clear with our value proposition and the category that we occupy. Now, here's mm-hmm. the thing, right? I'd also be will- I'd also be interested in some research on what other tech products have come out of a policy change? So like you said, all of a sudden, the NCAA facilitates NIL, right, as an opportunity. Now there's new tech emerging. But when I think about government contracting, right, all of a sudden, what happens? The government says, we're looking for technology in our space. We're allocating budget for it. Boom, you have this new category of dual-use tech, Mm. right? And you have defense tech. You have all these different things. Right. What are some other spaces that we've seen about how these things have rolled out? So I'd be interested in some research on that. The other thing that stands out of my mind is I think about open AI. Right. Everybody knew AI was coming, artificial intelligence. But within the last year, open AI rolls out. Right. Or chat GPT. Yeah, I understood. Yeah. Two to three years ago. Nobody knew what the hell prompt engineering was, Mm. you know, but then all of a sudden. Everybody's talking about ChatGPT, and then you got to sit down and you got to try to, you know, get it to do what you want it to do, and you got to get the right prompt. And so, whether or not you have studied it, like prompt, you know what prompt engineering is. You get what I'm saying? You can understand what it is. And to me, that's because of of a mass adoption thing. Yeah. Right? It's not that all of us are like the most educated about AI or whatever. It's just that most of us have sat down and tried to tinker with it. And realize that, hey, this, there's an art and science of getting the AI to do what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the term prompt engineering or you, you spit it up yourself, you're like, oh, this makes complete sense. Because NIL is so new to people, especially in the sports world, right? There hasn't been that mass adoption just yet, yeah. right? People are still kind of figuring it out. So part of what we got to do is we got to identify a wave that everyone kind of already understands. No, yeah. Right? and then create something and some messaging around that 
That way we're not necessarily swimming upstream. We're tapping into what they already know. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a, I think that's a, a valid point. I've, I've received a lot of, a lot of different feedback about like, Hey, like put in AI, talk about like how it's AI driven. Like you could ride the, bu- like ride the wave of the AI. And for me, I haven't, and a lot of my calls, that's not like, I, I let the customer ask me, Hey, how are you doing that? Like when they see this thing go in automation, every time it's a, it's a, it's an expression of, okay, this is cool. Like, how, how are you guys doing this? And if, if they ask me about AI, like, and they ask me about the back, like what we're doing to do this, I'll explain it. But we, at the heart of our software is, is our automated campaign manager. And we kind of live and die on that. And that's what we brand. We don't really talk about AI unless someone specifically asked me about AI. And it's not because I'm like this guru brander. It's just like kind of taking a page out of Apple's book, just like literally just naming everything in the software versus just being like, hey, this is AI automated. So if AI, something weird happens with AI tomorrow, everyone hates AI, they're not going to hate my product. You know what I mean? So it's just a, it's just, it's just a technique that we've tried so far. And some, like I said, in a lot of calls, some people ask me and other calls are just like, all right, this automated campaign manager, don't know how you got it to do this, but I want it. And so we just kind of, that, that's like the heart of our, our software is the ACM, the automated campaign manager. I also think in terms of awareness, how you can get the word out more about FAND mm-hmm. is leading the conversation on technology adoption and athlete management. Mm. Right. So you've got artificial intelligence. You have what kind of tech? Maybe there's fintech. You've got all these different things that are associated in the space. And it's less about your specific product, which is by you just getting out there talking, people are naturally going to it's going to flow back to fan. But like you understand the slow adoption of tech in this space. You understand the opportunities. Right. The average athlete might be overwhelmed about AI and all these different things and how they can leverage it for their contract deals and everything else. But guess who can lead that conversation? Mm -hmm. So I'd be interested in when you start to give talks and you're out there shaking hands and kissing babies. (laughs) Whenever we think about technology adoption in that space, your name needs to pop up into the conversation. Yeah. You know, I've never. Yeah. I got to sit on that one. That's pretty good feedback. Like, I don't have an immediate, my, my immediate thought is like, that's, that's really good feedback. Like I'm the, the technology adoption thing is something to be said. Cause you, even if you Google technology and sports right now, you're going to see a lot of things about performance enhancement, like uh, things that are tracking, I don't know, like you're shooting, I'm making these things up, but like something around the performance in the game, not things about managing the talent on the outside. Like that's just not quite. A lot of that software sits in the influencer marketing space. And that's where you, you hear a lot of things like just campaign management, a lot of software that's doing campaign management. And I know we said automated campaign manager, but like it's different in a sense of like these guys are literally just going there to, hey, we, we need 100 influencers and we need your system and your software to manage this entire process for us. And we'll pay you this. We'll use this software. We'll look at the ROI on the back end, like all that stuff. That exists in the influencer world. And that's awesome, right? So I guess I could have talked about some of that software as well when you were asking about comparisons. But it's like a little secret that a lot of people don't know is college athletes sit under influencers, but they're not like your traditional influencers and they're not like your pro athletes. And the reason why is because they don't have time and they don't have experience. So that's what sets them apart from those guys. So if you're building software to help with collegiate athlete talent management, you have to factor in the fact that they don't have time and they don't have a lot of experience. So that's where you get, oh, wait, we built some software to do this, to handhold these kids through this whole process. Whereas in influencer marketing, that's just not the challenge that they're having. Like these, these, these guys are showing up to do their job. You know what I mean? Am I, am I getting interest for my software to work with influencers in the broader creator economy? For sure. Like there are definitely marketing agencies that I've talked to and they're like, yeah, we kind of want to use this software for all of our talent. And I'm not going to say no. It's just that the way that we built this, we had to build it thinking about the, the most time-sensitive influencer. Does that make sense? And so it does. now it's like, I mean, again, we're still selling to the brands and, and the agencies that want to work with college athletes, but we're not, I'm, I'm not 
I'm not naive. I, like, I understand that most of these guys also have a lot of pros and a lot of influencers that they're working with as well. And how that, how they bring those guys on to fan. I'm always open to like, as they can, they can bring those athletes on to fan. It's just that that's just not, we're being niche. Like, you know how it goes. Like we got to stay focused. And as I learned, if we feel like we need to pivot, then we'll pivot. But the, I have seen in the space, there is software that exists on the influencer side. But again, these guys are not like your traditional influencers. They're not like your traditional YouTube bloggers. None of that. They just don't have the same type of time nor the resources. And I mean, you could probably argue they have the resources because a lot of these schools are trying to show up and, and have like resources for them, but they don't have the time. So you can't use resources if you don't have time, right? So that is where we, we come in and we're like, wait, we, we are solving we're, we're building a software for the most time sensitive person. And now almost anybody can get on there. So I'm picturing in my mind an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. about NIL is the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. And it's time to get a hold of it. Written by Dominique Wright, Naval Academy grad, founder of FAN. Yeah. And talking about there's all this money moving into space. There's all these young men and women that are getting exploited. Coaches don't know what's going on. Families don't know what's going on. And technology is a potential solution. And here's yep. how. Right? And you don't even got a plug fan yet. It's naturally going to draw to you. But just talking about how technology is being adopted in this space to improve efficiency and people's quality of life, et cetera. Yeah. No, it's true, though. Because it's like when you look at it from, from a, an aspect for a brand, like I said, a brand wants to sell their product. And you'll, you'll, if you look around some of these NIL articles, some of the brands will say like, yeah, you know, we just realized we have to be more hands-on and you'll see some of these people at these brands being quoted. And the reality is, is like, if you've ever worked for a brand, that's a bunch of BS. You want to sell your product. Like, you, like everything else, like the brand awareness, that just means you haven't figured out a way to figure out the ROI. Like, so all of that is just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a natural gray area because it's a new industry. So I'm not like saying these people aren't educated in what they're doing. It's just like, Right now, it's like, basically, we're just getting by. Like, just and I just had by. to handhold five kids through this deal, and we probably spent, like, way too many hours on it, but it was successful. We're getting by, and we, we're learning that that's just what we have to do, right? But the reality is, is when you bring software, if you're a brand, you now free up your time, right? You're like, dang, like, I could do deals. I can work with, there's about 25 opportunities every year that I want to go after, and before, I could only really go after five of them because we just don't have the bandwidth. Now, we can go after all of them and, and move and shake a little bit and even go down to the high school level. Because if you think that you're going to bring your outdated manual processes to college, you damn sure can't bring them down to the high school level. You're dealing with even far less, far less maturity and far less time and experience, right? But the, the goodness is, when you build, for us, like we built this solution for brands, like, hey, we'll take this off your hands. And the great part about it is because we've used software and, and automation, now we've basically empowered these athletes. So now I'm an athlete doing a deal with a brand that's using fan. It's, you know, it's off hours. I got some questions. I just ask it to the software. I just text, hey, can you give me some content ideas? Okay, great. Hey, is it due by what date? Oh, all the info, anything and everything the athlete needs to get that deal done, they now are being handled with software. And so that's very powerful because what does that mean? That means the kid that feels like he has to go get an agent or has to feel like, like their parent doesn't know enough or whatever it is, like they're out all by themselves. They no longer have to feel that way because with our software, the way that we've built it, we've built it to solve the problem of the brands. But naturally that has given us this cool automated solution that basically if you're an athlete, you have a 24 seven agent in your pocket. And that's not how we sell it because obviously that's, that's not brands don't, Brands aren't buying our software because we're giving athletes an agent in their pocket. Like, so that's not quite the, the power move for them, but it's very empowering. Like when I talk, I talk to athletes all the time because we have more of an organic community that we're building. And when they hear text message and automation, they're like, oh, sign me up. And they don't, I'm not offering deals. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying y'all in the database and athletes are like, yo, I'm game. Sign me up. I, I, this makes sense to me. So it just speaks to a lot to like what you're saying with that whole article idea is like, this could solve a lot of problems because for brands, they just want to sell, they just want to sell their product, right? And free up bandwidth for them. And then for athletes, you as a university, if you buy on buy into this or as a program, you buy into this, you know that your athletes are using software that's going to set them up for success. Software that's not going to exploit them. So, like, what what's better than that, right? Like, 
marketplaces, all those other things are cool, but you you have no guarantee on those things. Like none. You don't know what the what type of contracts are being sent over. You can't you as a university, you don't have time to review that stuff. And I and I I believe that these these marketplaces are probably doing their vetting, but I'm just saying like there it could be some room for error and with technology that's automating everything, there's there's not. Like we can answer and do whatever you need. So I do think we are we can be a solution for a lot of problems that they have as far as like the wow like the term wow wow west is said a lot, but a lot of it is going to have to be with like people buying into it. And that's why it's so important for us to build an athlete community because yeah, I have brands that are interested. I have brands that I'm talking to now because their pain point is that massive. Right. But there's also some brands that are just like, some people are only going to buy in when the athletes buy in. And I'm telling you, the athletes are, are going to buy in. That's that like, and for us, it's not, it's a, it's an organic bottoms up approach. It is not like this let me go find the most famous athlete, put my label on him, like put fan on them. And then now we're off to the races. Like we're building an authentic community and like, that's going to continue to grow. Brands are going to continue to see that brands that have their pain points are going to continue to, you know, come to us. They'll buy and the adoption will happen. It's just, like I say, it's just been a, a little slow process. And some of that is on, you know, how we market it, how we brand it, how we talk about it. And I feel like lately I've just been getting to a pretty good sweet spot having some really great conversations with brands and really understanding one that their processes are just very manual and how we can step in and really help them. I told, I told Dominique, we got to get her out to Colorado, go see coach prime. We get a lot of (laughs) attention on them boys out there. And, but he's also bringing a lot more attention to NIL as well, because that's one of the reasons a lot of them are going there is because of the exposure that he's able to get. Yeah. uh, No, it's man. I'm, I'm down to go to Colorado anytime. I find we find ourselves like, yeah, building community around athletes. Like to me, that's like the it feels easier to do. Like I've represented athlete. I I was an athlete. Everybody in my like circle is somewhat of an athlete that can reach to another athlete. But I spend a lot of my time trying to really break through the I wouldn't even say gatekeeping. I would just say the challenges of getting in front of a brand, right? Like getting in front of a Nike, getting in front of a Freebot, getting in front of those guys. Like it's it's hard to do. So I spent a lot of my bandwidth just making sure that I'm like trying to get this thing sold and the community aspect of it, like getting into universities and stuff that it will come with the overall push. But right now, a lot of my efforts are really at the brand side. But yeah, I would yeah. not turn down any any invite to Colorado. I was trying to go to the Colorado yeah. Oregon game because I was out there on a business trip and it didn't work out. So I, I ended up going home and watching it at a at a bar. Which it's all it good. looks like it, it still didn't work out. <laughs> but and this is for everybody though. Dominique is throwing out some big names, Reebok, Nike, etc. But I want to challenge y'all. Don't forget about getting some base hits too. You know, because sometimes these big brands, these big clients, they can be too hard out the gate, right? Mm-hmm. And we also mm-hmm. want to make sure our systems and processes are dialed in from sending over the contract, you know, getting it paid, our pricing and everything. So just something to think about. But we're rooting for you, Dominique. Before I let you go, quick question. Who's your perfect customer for FAND? And we've got a community of veteran entrepreneurs and military spouses tuning in from all over the country, all over the world. How can we help you achieve your goals with FAND? Yeah, and reach wow. them. I, I would say my, you said my perfect customer? Yeah. <sighs> the perfect customer is, like if I had like labeled them, it's the, so when we say brands, what we're really saying is the marketing department at brands. and or their vendor agencies. And the reason why we say it, the reason why I'm saying it like that is because a lot of brands, as Mike just said, some of the bigger guys, like not your base hits, they outsource. And when they outsource, they have a they have a very close relationship with their vendor agency. So if a brand like Nike says like, hey, we're interested, they'll be like, hey, go to my vendor agency and the vendor agency will buy. So we pair those two together. We don't usually separate them because they're if you're building a relationship with one, you'll usually get the other. So it's really brands that's in like the marketing departments at brands who and or their vendor their vendor agencies and really the people like people at vendor agencies are these brands that want to what is the word that i'm looking for need support they need no, no, software no, no, no. support that's not that's i have it right at the tip of my tongue and i don't know why i'm not saying it it is those who want to leverage college at like damn i'm like not saying this well it's it's these marketing departments and agencies that want to leverage the, 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 wow, I cannot say the athlete. 
Now it's, I'm trying to say the collegiate fan through the athletes fan base. Like that, that is, yeah, that is essentially what it is. Like these, no one's just wanting to work with an athlete. You're trying to get the collegiate fan that cares about those athletes. That is what you're trying to tap into. So any brand agency that is trying to reach those initiatives, that's trying to leverage NIL to get to that college fanatic, like that is essentially who we're, we're that's the perfect uh, person for us. And you're doing that in volume. Like you're not just working with one or two kids. You're working with, I don't want to put a number on it, but a good amount that, that requires labor where we're perfect because the only other solution out there is really a lot of manual labor or a lot of money and time. And we can, yeah, we're, ne- we're neither of those. <laughs> well, I'll be sure to include a link to your website in the show notes for all our listeners. If you can help reach that key decision maker, in the brand department, the brand managers, like you said, the ones that are trying to access the athletes fan base, please reach out to Dom. She's on LinkedIn, right? You can go through their website. You know, we're super proud of her. She's doing a great stuff. And this is only the beginning because she's just getting started out. Additionally, if y'all haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the official Dog Whistle Brandon newsletter at the link in the show notes as well. If there's a topic you want me to cover either on this show or in the newsletter, shoot me an email at mikeawareironbound.com. Or message me directly on LinkedIn at Iron Mike Stedman. Until next time, everyone, peace, love. Have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we blend strategy, storytelling, and podcasting to transform your brand into a dog whistle for your perfect customer. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by Mission Plus a tech platform that helps nonprofit organizations upgrade their websites and leverage technology to deliver their services online. If your organization cares about its mission, then it needs to be built on Mission Plus. You can learn more by visiting missionplus.com.